What's up, everybody? Welcome to Honest Conversations, a podcast by young people for young people. Join us for discussions with our peers, testimonies from guest speakers, and a whole lot of truth as we empower you to walk confidently with Jesus and create changes wherever you may go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Honest Conversations. I'm Dabri, and with me in the studio today is Trey. Hello. We are so incredibly excited to share with you today. So before we get into today's topic, I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to continue our conversation on the fruit of the Spirit. So Father God, we just come before you, and we thank you for this opportunity to speak honestly from the heart, and just to dive deep into the truths found in your words. So Holy Spirit, direct our words, direct our tongues. Thank you, Lord, that you just give us divine understanding and a perfect peace that passes all understanding. Let this be a conversation that glorifies you and that also reaches the people that need to hear it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so in today's episode, Trey and I are going to continue the Fruit of the Spirit series we started in our last episode. So today we're going to discuss a little bit more and in more depth um, the the following fruits. So joy, love, and peace. We are very excited about this series and we hope that you are as well. So let's get right into it, Trey. Okay. All right. So first of all, pretty simple question, but you know, depends on how many layers deep you want to go with it. How would you define or describe love, joy, and peace? So for love, I would define it as like a commitment or action. It's Mm. like a very selfless thing. It's something like, it's not something that asks like, what do I get out of this? It's, it's like, even if we read like first Corinthians 13 uh, verses four to seven, it like talks about like how um i just blanked that's okay i think that's the verse where it says love is patient and kind it doesn't envy or boast right, right. not arrogant or rude i really like where it says it doesn't insist on its own way and i think that kind of talks about and f- fits in with what you were saying is it's not it's not self-seeking love is that action um and we really see that at the mm-hmm. best example in the gospels where we see jesus in the way that he served on earth right um all right, that gets me going. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, it's there's also like a, I, I noticed actually that there's a theme of commitment and action mm-hmm. inside of uh, 1 Corinthians 13 uh, oh, verses 47. Because mm-hmm. um, it takes effort, it takes action and commitment to be patient, kind, and everything else that's in there. Um, mm-hmm. And especially, I just want to point out the, how love does not insist its own way. Yeah. So, um and that sort of just leads me to, uh, I think, another verse. It says that um, in First John 3, verse uh, verse 18, it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Mm. And I think that just speaks to even the character of God, how he, he can express that he loves us through words, but he has expressed it throughout history, in even in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, especially through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, like I think even it also applies what Jesus said in um, Mark uh, chapter 12, uh, 29 to 31, how it's like the great, um, like the greatest commandment. And it's talking about, uh, well, I'll just read out the verse. It says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mm. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And then it says there's no greater or there's no commandment greater than these. Mm. And so, yeah, it's a selfless love. It's 
um, like, I just want to point out, like, so in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, it mentions how it's not insistence on it on its own way and it's not like self-seeking or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. So this verse, some people may think, okay, well, it says love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that self-seeking? Well, no, I think the, the way I view it is like think of your practical needs. Like do you eat? Do you pay for your food? Do you um, pay your bills? Like, yeah, like things like that. I guess it could be applied to other people as well. Mm. So yeah, that's basically my points on yeah. all of that. But yeah. the one point, the main thing I want to emphasize is God is love in First John 4, 8. And yeah, that's yeah. actually just the verse that I was going to bring up. And um, when it says anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And I think that's a really good point that you brought up in the sense that, you know, loving your neighbor as you love yourself Um, we have to have that realization. It's kind of this like cycle that when we realize that God loves us uh, and then we realize that we are loved, then we're able to express that love to others, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's a very healthy cycle that comes from that first knowledge of we are loved by God, right? And we are loved by God in such a selfless way, right? That he loved us for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, right? And so I think that it's that idea that, love and like God's love is such a powerful thing. It says in first Peter four, eight above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And so that really shows that love is an action word, right? When we say, I love you, it's not passive. It there's actions behind it. There is that intention of, I'm going to love you with my actions as well as my words. Right. And so I think that, um, Christ's love is a very powerful thing. And there are so many verses. I mean, all you have to do is Google scripture verses on love and you're just going to find a plethora of answers. And so going into, you know, what about joy? How would you define or describe joy and how it's different from maybe the way the world describes it? Okay, so joy, um, I would just say it's, well, as it says in Galatians, how it's a fruit of the spirit. Well, it's an internal um work of the Holy Spirit within a person, yet Mm -hmm. it is also something that we can choose because we can choose to either accept that or deny it. And it's like a, well, it's a fruit. Something, a fruit is like something that grows. Like when you think of fruit on a tree, like an apple, it doesn't just come out out of nowhere. It's, it's a work and, and it's a fruit of the spirit. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we have to, based on that, I just think it's something that we need to accept and to grow into and also just allow the Holy Spirit to do it because we cannot do that on our own. Absolutely. And I think also like all of these do tie in together. That's exactly it. Fruit of the Spirit is fruit. So it's the result of. And I like to think of it very in a very simple terms. It's a result of your relationship with Jesus. The more your relationship with Jesus and the more um, it develops and the more you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the more you're just going to begin to see these fruit grow in your life. And I really like the in first. Peter um, chapter one, verses eight to nine, where it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for your receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so I think that joy is something, and I, I touched on this in the last episode, it's not uh, a feeling all the time. Sometimes joy actually is regardless of what circumstances you're going through because 
Christ's joy is very different than what the world usually deems as happiness, right? Happy, oh, I just want you to be happy. Well, happiness is a feeling and you can't actually have that happy feeling all the time. You yeah. just can't, right? And so the idea of joy, it's a very, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's a lot deeper than just, oh, I feel happy today. Sometimes joy, like the joy of the Lord is your strength. It actually comes from that place of resting fully in the promises of what God says, in going and digging deeper in your relationship with him. And it, I always imagine it as like springing up inside of you. And so it, it comes from inside right from that inner quiet place of the Holy Spirit it doesn't come from what your outward circumstances look like and so I mean I love Romans fifteen thirteen. may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and I think all of these fruits of the Spirit really have like common branches right like they're all very intertwined with each other but it is i think really cool to just break it down and so on that note you know how would you define or describe peace i would say it's like a well it's like a stillness a calmness and like a sense of just rest um and that you don't fear even though there's like circumstances that are happening that people would normally fear like i don't know some people i've heard stories and even for myself it's how some people just go up to you like why aren't you scared like what <laughs> what's different about you like mm-hmm. and it's like there's this peace of christ in me and it's just such a good opportunity to share um that there is that peace but then i'm also reminded um as a little side note that i'm reminded of uh like in the in, there was a storm and in, in let me just rephrase that uh the, the disciples were in a boat mm-hmm. and jesus was just sleeping there's a storm going the water was, was like sort of going into the boat and they thought they were going to die. They're like, Jesus, we're perishing. And Jesus <laughs> like, well, you have a little faith. Like, and then he just said, peace, be still. And I've actually had a, cir- had a circumstance where I was so, I was in like extreme panic. And then all of a sudden, like just the peace of God mm-hmm. just came upon me. And I was just like, everything was just still, just like that. And yeah, that's uh, my experience, like um, just to sort of relate it physically, but also um, internally, like it's a sense of rest. Mm. I, I see what you're saying and I agree. I think also it, it's coming at life, like you said, like people are like, I don't I don't understand. Why are you why are you not anxious? It's coming at it from that perspective, like it says in John sixteen, thirty-three, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, because in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I think that you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I talk to a lot of people and it seems like anxiety is really a prevailing theme of anyone you talk to. It's like, what are you struggling with? Almost almost without like fail, I'm gonna say 50% of the time, people will say, I'm feeling super anxious. And so it really begs that question of, okay, if peace is a fruit of the spirit, but we're not looking at necessarily circumstances to lend to these feelings, but it comes from something so much deeper and so much more truthful. You know, First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so peace, it really, it can be a feeling, but I feel like it's something so much deeper than that because it comes from a deeper source than just ourselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I totally agree. Um, it's it's the internal, again, like even it ties in with joy, like it's the internal work of the Holy Spirit. It's a, a fruit and it's it takes time. It, it may take time to grow. Like sometimes there's circumstances where it's like instant peace where mm-hmm. like my experience at least. And sometimes it's like, well, I didn't always have the instant peace right after that. I would have like little bits of anxiety, but that was like God showing me like, just calm down, 
mm-hmm. I'm in control. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, I should trust you more, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I find that like the more that my relationship with Jesus has grown, the more I will feel like a deep peace, like deep inside my heart, even though on the surface, everything is chaos. And on the surface, like there's anxiety and there's fear attacking me. But deep in my heart, because I've learned um, to hear his voice, then I'll, I'll sense that peace. And it kind of it goes beyond understanding. Right. Yeah. And so kind of good. We're going to go into a little more depth here. So would you say, is there a difference between the love that, you know, we Christians experience um, as compared to the world? And if there is, what what is the difference? Yeah, this can get uh, this can be viewed differently. But based on what I was thinking is, yes, there is a difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, that verse um, that came to my came to my mind i mentioned part of it earlier and you mentioned it earlier fully is uh first john 4 8 uh, whoever does not love god does not or whoever does not love does not know god because god is love so um there is a difference there because uh it's like whoever does not know god basically does not know the truth of love like yes they can love sure there mm-hmm. are secular people there are non-believers who are genuinely in love with someone or they love someone but there's also that different aspect of the love of God shown to the world through Jesus. So it just, just I feel like it just bursts through that entire wall of like secular love and then Christian love. Mm-hmm. And I think that like we've heard about it a lot, especially if you are familiar with like church teachings is like the different kinds of love, right? Like agape love and, you know, there's yeah. there's feelings, there's feelings can be attached to love but I don't think they're the basis of love because I truly believe that love is a choice I mean we read in John 15 where it says you know love each other as I have loved you because greater love has no man than this to lay down one's life for one's friends and I think that right there is the very essence of the difference between the love that the world proclaims and the love that we as Christians are called to practice and I mean that practice like we have to it's an action word because in the world unfortunately we see so many relationships that are broken we see divorces happening even within the church we see you know broken families and all that because we've been taught in the world and by romantic movies and all that that love is a feeling that love needs to make me happy and when I'm no longer happy I guess it's time to move on and you know we read this and it says greater love is no that has no man than this than to lay down one's life Right? That's the ultimate sacrifice, and that is the most opposite of a self-seeking action, right? And so I really think that, you know, Christ's love, the more that you delve into the truth of the word, the more you see that love does fill you. Like, it does um, give you a peace and a joy, but it is truly what First Corinthians 13 says, where you're not seeking your own, you're not boasting. Um, it's coming from that place of being patient and kind. And so I think it's a learning process. But it's such a beautiful thing, especially when you see it in action. Um, would you say that it's possible to experience unconditional love? I would say in a Christian aspect, of course, mm. through God, um, because God is eternal. Like there's, But when you think of humans, it's, yes, um, say, like you're, you, yeah, our parents do love us or people around us do love us and they do love us unconditionally. Um, but the love of God far outweighs the love of a parent or the love of people who have known you your entire life. Mm. And it doesn't mean their love is useless or just to be neglected. It's actually very valuable. And But I think it's there's a difference between the love of God 
and the love of a parent, mm-hmm. but it can also be related in a sense because God loves his children and if you're also a child of your parents, um, so really they love you, they don't, you don't understand how much your parents love you. Mm-hmm. And I actually heard a story, um, this today at Briarcrest in chapel, there is this guy, um, he has a child and he was just looking at her and he was, re- he was seeing himself through her, but he also saw, well, what I got of it at least what was, uh, that he saw like a love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just noticed that so many times, like, oh, like my mom would say, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I don't know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't know either because I'm not a parent, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it's possible to experience unconditional love. And I'm kind of going to like bounce off of that into the next question where it says, can we give unconditional love? And in First John 4.19, it says we love because he first loved us. I think that we can be blessed with seeing a mirror image of Christ's love here on earth. Um, There are those beautiful people in our lives who've just given us unconditional love when we're at our lowest and we feel like we have nothing to give, but we see it in, you know, the example of parents and mentors, you know, but I really think it boils down to understanding the love of Christ, because when you understand how truly fully loved you are and how the blood of Jesus fully covers you and, and your sins and you and God looks at you and sees you as his child, I think that is when we can truly experience unconditional love and then give it to those around us. And in regards to joy, would you say that it's possible to experience joy at all times? I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. But needs we need the holy spirit to do that mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. sure you can maybe think like oh i feel joy out of um doing these things on my own like uh okay um <laughs> like yes we do need to uh experience we can ex- experience joy at all times but only through the holy spirit um it's not our own work that can bring joy to our lives um like for me i was thinking earlier like okay if i were to say i get joy out of doing all these different things is it really joy or is it just you know like oh I just finished this schoolwork or I just finished that five-page paper in mm-hmm. under 24 hours <laughs> which is a true story um <laughs> it, no that was just I was happy <laughs> right exactly it's it's circumstantial happiness right I think it's kind of going into the deeper aspect of of joy flows from within. I love what Psalm 511 says, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exult in you. So I think it is definitely possible to experience joy at all times because we have to look at it through that lens. We're not talking about circumstantial happiness. We're talking about being connected to the Holy Spirit and that results in joy, right? And it says in the Bible, like, you know, why are you downcast, oh my soul? And it's reminding yourself of the truths and the life found in God's word. Um, So we're just gonna take a quick break here. But don't go anywhere because we are going to get right back into the questions right after this. Hey there, it's Lola. Enjoying our open, transparent, honest conversations? Us too. Be sure to never miss an episode by hitting that subscribe button. Honest Conversations, found wherever you may get your podcasts. We at Honest Conversations know that church isn't a specific building, place, or brand, and actually encompasses the entire body of believers. If you or your church is wanting to get involved in helping build a thriving young adult community, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on our socials or send us an email. 
Welcome back to Honest Conversations. Dabria here in the studio with Trey, and we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. So we're going right back into the questions. Trey, in today's world, how or where do we find peace? How or where? I would say definitely in today's world, I would say that the way we find peace is through the Holy Spirit. And just also we could look at like the promises of God, which is very important. Um, but there's also a promise of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, <laughs> I just thought of that. Um, but yeah, ask for peace. Ask for the peace of the Holy Spirit. And like, like believe, actually don't believe me, believe God. Um, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. The, the word is full of those truths that he promises. And I think that it is reminding ourselves, our heart, our soul, our mind, what is promised to us in the word. Uh, it says, you know, he'll make us lie down and rest. He gives his beloved a peaceful sleep. Right. So these are promises. Um, and I think that sometimes we try to find peace in shallow places. We try to find them in places that aren't going to be everlasting the way that they are in the word. Right. I mean, you can find peaceful places, peaceful homes, peaceful friends. Those are all beautiful gifts. Um, but, you know, in the end, uh, it says in Isaiah 53, 5, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. And I think sometimes we focus so much on, you know, um, the healing aspect, you know, by his stripes we are healed. But it says the punishment that brought us peace. So that guilt, that condemnation that was ours by right because of sin was on him. So now we can rest in that place of peace. So I think you're absolutely right. It's found in the Holy Spirit. That's how and that's where we find that peace. But what would you say that we do, Trey, when we are struggling with these fruits, such as love or joy or peace? I would definitely say, like, talk to God about it. Um, even to ask for help to grow in those areas at, and for opportunities to express uh, those different fruits of love, joy, and peace in mm -hmm. particular. But pray about it. You know, like it says in, in the Gospels, uh, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, and mm -hmm. knock and the door will be open to you. And mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I love, I, again, I'm just going to keep saying it, but I love going back to what the word says, right? It promises in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I think that I always talk about this. So if you hear me talking, you're going to hear me say this phrase and I talk about spiritual nutrition. And so if you're struggling with a fruit, you need to take a look at what areas in your life you've been spiritually filling yourself with, right? We can't expect ourselves to be able to just go run a 10K marathon uh, if you've been eating junk food and sitting on your couch. It's just not going to happen, yeah. right? And so when we're struggling with these things such as love, joy, and peace, we have to remember that they are gifts given to us, but they're also fruit, so they're a fruit, which is a result of us practicing it. So love, we talked about it being an action word. So if love is an action word, that probably means that I need to take a look in my life at who I need to love unconditionally, who I need to reach out to without having that ulterior motive of what am I going to get? How are they going to serve me? Right. If I am feeling downcast and discouraged, maybe I need to force myself to put on a worship music and stir up that joy that is within me that doesn't come from my outward circumstances. And I've had to do this so much in my life where I don't feel like it. 
but we're struggling with these things. We got to practice them. We got to build those spiritual muscles. And that's not from that place of, of condemning people if they've been struggling. No, it's just being realistic that if we're in a battle, it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the authorities, of the darkness of this age, then that means we're going to have to build up those spiritual muscles. And then we're going to see the results of those fruits, love and joy and peace. And so kind of going right into this, how do love and joy and peace build up our character, would you say? I would say each of those fruits, well, they're a part of Jesus. So it does bring us to become more Christ-like. Um, and that's the ultimate character that I believe all Christians should aim for is to become more conformed to the mind of Christ and to put on Christ, to like to wear him like like is your clothes like, okay, what clothes am I going to wear this morning? Oh, um, here, let's put on Jesus. Like, it, <laughs> I mean, like it's not that fast. It may mm-hmm. take, it will, it will take time, but it's definitely worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I really think that, you know, they build up our character because we are slowly, you know, renewing our minds to what the word says, right? It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So just in growing your relationship with the Holy Spirit, your character is going to be built up because as we just touched on, it's a fruit. So it's a result of And so we're getting close to the end of this episode, but I'd love to know what advice do you personally have for those who are experiencing difficulty in finding love or joy or peace, or even kind of going further, those who are having trouble cultivating it in their life? Yeah. So my first point here is just to seek God. Um, I always say that whenever you're, you want advice, I'm like, Seek God, but sometimes it can go deeper than that. Um, yeah. Uh, Cliff so, Notes version, seek God. Now we're going to go deeper. Yeah. Uh, seek God, like, so you can pray. Again, uh, ask for opportunities to do them and to be aware of it as well. I think that's very important because we can pray for things and ask for things, but some, we, we always need to pay attention because sometimes mm-hmm. those things will just go right by us. And mm-hmm. yeah. And another point here is just remind yourself of the love of God and don't beat yourself up. Um, the fact that you you realize that you are struggling with it shows that you are growing mm-hmm. and that you want to grow in it. And just wait, maybe one year, two years, three years, however many years, however long it takes, months, weeks. I don't know where you're at, but um, yeah, like you'll see the growth. You'll see the fruit. And um, yeah, it's it is the fruit of the spirit. Um, or Yeah, it's the fruit of the spirit. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to make this fruit grow within us. Mm. And when I say allow, I mean to like be open and willing to accept uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. And just two other points here I have is to read scripture on each of these topics um, of the fruits of the spirit. And also to just ask people that you know that are expressing this fruit actively right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important one as well, just to get some some support from people around you as well. Absolutely. And just expanding on what you're just saying with some scriptures, it says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And I feel like that really just sums up all of the points we've been talking about. It says in the word to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. So I think, you know, if you are struggling in, you know, experiencing or cultivating the fruits of the spirits, just understand that all you have to do is draw near to God. 
It's very simple. It like sometimes we make it super crazy and sound like steps steps one through one hundred, <laughs> but really, you know, you boil down to if you draw near to God and you're seeking Him with your whole heart, you're gonna see Him move in your life. You know, day by day, the more spiritual nutrition that you're putting in your life, the more you're going to slowly see that result. You know, if you don't suddenly, you know, stop eating junk food one day and start eating your greens the next, you're not immediately going to get like giant muscles and be able to run that marathon. It is a process. It's like a relationship. That's why we are so relationship oriented instead of religion oriented. Right. It's not about these these laws and rules and do steps one through ten and you're going to get this exact result. No, it's this relationship. So the more you draw near to God, the more you seek out his truth. Um, it's fantastic to get yourself involved in a community of people that can also encourage you in that. And that, yeah, you can see the way that they're walking out their journey and you see the fruits in their lives. And then you find some helpful tips on how you can do that. And so look at the spiritual nutrition in your life. You know, I just really think that sometimes we we hear the stereotype of read your Bible and pray every day. But I think genuinely, how else are we supposed to go grow in our relationship? We don't expect to become best friends with someone by like talking to them once a week. <laughs> right. We, we talk to them and we cultivate that. And then I think you're just going to begin to see those fruits of the spirit show up. You're going to find yourself um, responding in love. You're going to res- find yourself in situations where you have a joy that makes no sense and a peace beyond understanding. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing. So I think that's a really great place to wrap up today's episode, unless you have anything else you'd like to add, Trey. No, I I don't right now. Um, Yeah, that's all I really have. There was one point, um, but I'm going to have to let you guys figure that out for yourselves. Oh, (laughs) okay. A little bit of a cliffhanger. I guess you guys have to tune in for the next Honest Conversations episode where we're going to continue to talk about the fruit of the spirit. So once again, we just want to give a huge shout out to our partner churches here in Regina, Harvest City Church and Gateway Church. Thank you so much for your support. And of course, for all of you listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us. You can reach out to us on our social media pages. We'd love to hear from you. If you have prayer requests, questions you want to connect, or you have future podcast episode ideas, we would love to hear from you. So thanks again. We're so excited for what this next year is going to bring and can't wait to get to know you guys better. So join us next episode to hear more from the Honest Conversations team. Chat soon. Bye. See you. To all of our listeners, thanks for hanging with us. Check out our website, anchor.fm slash honest dash conversations for all the ways to stay connected and be the first to know about new episodes. See you next time on Honest Conversations.